0: internet, and welcome to the final hangout of 2020.
1: Hi, I hadn't even realized. Yeah, it's December. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, what is- <laughs>
1: 2020 is already over. Oh, God. <laughs> <What> this <heck? laughs> has been a year. Oof. Okay, sorry, I'm back. Oh, it's okay.
0: <laughs> this is a book club. We read romance. I get together with my two wayward orphans, And um, we talk about it and this month was my pick. Um, But before we we get into that, remember that you can always check our links in the description box. You can leave us a tip uh, at our coffee link. You can check out Andrea's books. Might I mention, because it is the holiday season, you should check out a cute little ditty called A Christmas Parranda. And um, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like a Christmas Carol, Latinx, gay remix. Um, and it's super fun. Me and Tosh are on the cover and I'll never get tired of hyping it because it's really cute and I'm on it. And so whenever, like,
1: you know,
0: it. <laughs> um, and then Toshai uh, has a link to her personal page and I've got a link to my Instagram and Zine. so if you want to know a little bit more about us, check it out. Um, so this month I chose and the last thing I talked about it, I wanted to choose something sweet and gay to finish off the year. So no outfits today, we're just cozy, mm-hmm. we're just comfortable, we're just kind of hanging out with each other. At some point later on in the year, maybe in January actually, we'll get together to announce our Only Lovers Awards and talk about what we've read in the year. Uh, so anyway, keep your eyeballs and ear holes peeled for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the book that I chose was The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Kloon. And spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. Um, If you don't want to get spoiled, just pause, go read the book. You can probably read it in a couple of sittings. And then once you're done crying about how cute it is, then come back and listen to this episode. Um, But yeah, I heard that it was really sweet and really gay. And it turned out it was both. And so this is what it's about. Uh, Linus Baker is a by-the-book caseworker in the department in charge of magical youth. At 40, he lives in a tiny house with a devious cat and his old records for company. But his quiet life is about to change. Linus is summoned by extremely upper management and given a curious and highly classified assignment. Travel to an orphanage on a distant island and determine whether six dangerous magical children are so dangerous, in fact, that they're likely to bring up the end of days. When Linus arrives at that strangest of islands, he's greeted by a series of mysterious figures, the most mysterious of which is Arthur Parnassus, master of the orphanage. As Linus and Arthur grow closer, Linus Linus discovers the master would do anything to keep the children safe, even if it means the world has to burn, or worse, his secret comes to light. The House in the Cerulean Sea is an enchanting love story, masterfully told about the profound experience of discovering an unlikely family in an unexpected place and realizing that that family is yours. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that was my pick. I, I had heard so much about this throughout the year, and it was funny because I was like reading. I, I got a, like a book riot newsletter about the books that have been checked out in a lot of libraries or across the country. And it was on a lot of like top Mm -hmm. 10, like lists, like, um, most, I think I'm most like on the coasts more than anything. Um, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty big year for this book. I'm glad that this was like, you know, we just kind of finished really nice. I mean, I did read that sexy Santa book recently too, but uh, that wasn't for book, club. but still. (laughs) So let's kind of like give overall impressions and I will take a look at some discussion questions for us to kind of like dig in um i'm gonna pick you andrea to go first what did you think of the book did you like it did you hate it
1: (laughs) i liked it i gave it five stars um and i did read it really fast um like i started it and then i finished it the next day um so definitely was Yeah, it was a very, it was a very fast read. I was the last one to finish, which meant, which made it nice because then I could like type to you guys um, as stuff happened.
0: I know your, your Um, um, reactions. I was like, yeah, I know, I know. know."
1: So it's funny because when the book first started, like when I first first started reading it, I was like, Oh no, like what kind of book is this going to be? Because I hate books that are about like, unadoptable children that like nobody wants that's like a really big trigger for me and i really try to avoid those books Um, but i thought this was done in a really nice way where um it wasn't that like the children were unlovable or there was stuff wrong with them or they were unadoptable it was more that like society hasn't evolved to see that like all types of beings are good beings kind of thing Um, and so i like that it looked more into like society's responsibility and, um, you know, it's very relevant because it's something that we see today, not just in terms of people with disabilities, um, but also in terms of like um, people from other countries and, you know, who gets to have the most rights and that kind of stuff. So I really like that. I feel like out of all the books I've ever read about orphans or magical orphans, (laughs) um, because I've seen it compared a lot to like Miss Peregrine's Um, house and that kind of stuff I I think this is the first one I've seen where it like tries to situate it in a way where like it could really be an allegory for like our current world Mm. so that was really cool so I talk about it yeah so I (laughs) so I went from being like ah what kind of book is this going to be to being like oh no no wait I like really like this um and I love the characters of the kids I thought they were all so well developed um you know they weren't just like this is the kid who has this power. And this is the kid who has this power. Like um, I thought the author gave them like super well-rounded personalities and wants and dislikes. I like the romance. Um, Yeah, I just, I literally have nothing to criticize. I liked the whole book. I thought it was, super cute like i i kept reading reviews where people were like it's so cute but like you don't understand how cute it is until you actually read it like this book is cute the entire way through it's not like even when it's going through like hard things it still does it in a cute way (laughs) like (laughs) like, there is no part of this book that is not cute so yeah that was really long-winded but i really liked it whatever It's, it's our book club yeah
0: All right, Tosh, I'm picking you next. How did you feel about the book? Did
2: you like it? Um, Did you hate it? Um, (laughs) Et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, I didn't hate it. Like 15, 20-something pages into the book. like I think probably the first 15, 20 pages, I felt like it was a really British book because the tone (laughs) of it is just so... Brit, I, I, that's if, if it's a book that I feel like I'm gonna read in an accent, usually I feel like the humor is really strong. Uh, and then same as Andrea though, I didn't know what the story was gonna be. I didn't understand how it would fold a romance storyline into the larger arc of the book, because it's about this man who's gonna go to this quote unquote orphanage And figure out if it's meant to, if it's working appropriately and if it should keep functioning. And he works for this giant corporation type deal where you know that no good can come of that corporation. So it's very black and white world at the beginning. And then he just ends up in this place that's this colorful, magical, just everything is high def, 4K. (laughs) just uh, someone changed a filter on his eyeballs and, and suddenly there's like smells and sounds and sights that he's never seen before. Like this is a man who's never seen the ocean before and he's going to this island. And I didn't understand how a romance could happen. And then it started happening. And it was just so sweet. And I didn't barely <laughs> believe that it was the kind of pairing that made sense to me at first because the fir- the main character seems like such a big, just by the button square, <laughs> boring, <laughs> like boring dude. And then as he starts just like unclenching, and letting himself be known as someone who's like a romantic at heart who kind of got beaten down by the world he ended up living in, then it becomes a lot more obvious, like, oh yeah, of course this is going to be the romance that's happening because he needs someone who's going to be like, you're great. Like, you're a great person. What do you mean? You, you don't see this about yourself. And that was really, really sweet. And, I thought all the kids were really neat. And I have a problem with books that have multiple characters in like a similar age group because I'm terrible with names. Like I'm so bad at remembering anybody. And it's a problem I've struggled through with a lot of books when there's a lot of characters that are like similar, even when we were reading the Wallflower stuff. So with other books, you know, some of the extra characters will kind of blend together. And I read the dialogue, but I don't necessarily even realize who's talking. With this, it was just each character was just so unique and so special. And so just a couple chapters in, like I had a little picture in my head of every character and I didn't have to go back and reread to figure out who was talking. I'm like, okay, like Trevor's this little dragon thing and like, cool, Chauncey's this weird little, gooey thing who, <laughs> who like when he eats you can see food in his stomach and he's like just super enthusiastically into bell hopping and like all right i i i see i see what these kids what's up with these kids and and it's interesting cuz like one of the bigger twists in the like the reason he's going to this place is because one of the kids is like is lucifer like that's the whole one of the the big things it's like oh yeah uh, And you would think that that would be one of the biggest motivators in the book or one of the biggest things going on. But he's not giving any more book time than any of the other kids because in the story and the way that people treat him in the house is that he is just another kid who happens to have this thing. And that's not the thing that matters the most. So I read it. Pretty quickly, I, I think I was having a really rough work week, and even with that, I was able, I think, to get through it pretty quickly. Um, and I thought it was really sweet. And then it ended, and I was like, "This is me swiping my phone." <laughs> Got okay, it. I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I'm pantomiming swiping my phone screen because I was like, "Oh, okay." Like that's all we get of the of the last chapter.
1: Mm-hmm nothing
2: else so has several
0: books though yes Pro, like prolific and then yeah you know, they were i was reading an article but we'll we'll, we'll talk about that too
1: um,
0: <laughs> like it basically like writer goals he's um now writing full-time but at one point was like juggling a full-time job and writing like three or four books a year and i'm like oh my god how like Como, como, como. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, back to kind of like what we we're talking about. I'm really happy that you guys like the book. I knew that I was going to really like it. You know, I don't know if like you guys get picker stress, right? But like I definitely stress when I, it's my book. And I, I guess more than anything, because it wasn't like a straight up romance, you know, I wanted to that everyone found something to like. But I generally have found like in our conversation and reactions that like there's something for everybody, and I think across the board everybody liked a little bit of everything.
1: I think I think you like worry a little too much because we've been doing this for like what like five years now. Yeah. I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of like what you both like in books, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like you could probably say the same thing for us. Mm-hmm. So like this is the kind of book that 100% all three of us would like. Yeah, I don't know, but like
0: some you never know.
1: This this year has been a whole surprise and. I was like pretty pot. I was like ninety
0: percent. I'm like this is what We're all
1: gonna be like, but there was a chance- this is like this is like when we finished. Was it last year when we finished with my um. The reckless Oath. Yeah, man. the <laughs> reckless, right? And there was like this book where it, was like, <laughs> it was like a side romance and then this other plot. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Um, so so yeah, no, I
0: I there's always just a little part of me, just a little anxious part of me that worries that you guys won't enjoy. More than anything, I just want you to enjoy it, or at least that we have something to talk about. But um, if we don't all enjoy, it, we can at least discuss it. So yeah, I really like this book too. I knew from the get-go I was gonna like it. Um it was much it was really sweet as you guys had said it was sweeter than i thought it was going to be if that makes sense um but that really didn't take away from it i did feel like at some points it was like beating me over the head with the with the theme of like you should always look at people for who they are and not what but as opposed to i want to compare it to like magic lessons where we bitched about the same thing and i think the difference between that and this is that i didn't care about any of those characters and then <laughs>
1: like yes yes respect is key (laughs) this one i've seen it described as like middle grade for adults Mm -hmm. and because it's because it's like the writing is very simple the story is very simple the message like you said is Mm -hmm. like very direct and explicit and the characters like they're all so sweet and like lovable so like that that's that's part of what i liked it is it did feel almost like I was reading a kid book, which I love, I love reading kid Mm -hmm. books, but with like adult characters and stuff. So I, I would agree with that description. And I think that's why the theme was like, I mean, I don't know if that's what he intended to do, but I think we need more books like that, where people are just like, this is so sweet. I mm-hmm. need to read more books like this. Because there's a lot of adults who, like, you say, oh, this book is meant for kids. They're like, oh, I don't read kid books. You know what I mean? It's like beneath me. Those, kid, those adults are losers. And I feel like this is, this is like a hidden kid book. <laughs> yeah, I, I, in, in my opinion. You I know, mean, it has some romance and stuff. But even the romance is very PG. You know, there's never any, like... Thought, scandalous I thought things. Arthur was hot <laughs> <laughs>
0: literally I thought his and Linus's chemistry okay so let's 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 jump in I'm gonna ask the romance question first because mm-hmm. I know that the romance isn't first and foremost in this book well, but- it's
1: like all those romances where like there's like a single parent yeah and they fought. there's like the romance but also obviously the other person has to form a relationship with those kids mm-hmm. or else the adult romance will right. never work exactly I just don't know like because romance has like this other connotation
0: it's like rough for me to say he fell in love with the kids and and call it a romance and have it sound healthy. just call it a love story. Yeah, I guess love story is better. Oh, you're so good. That's why you're a writer. Buy a Christmas on that available on (laughs) Amazon.
1: (laughs) Um, Can I go first?
0: Yes. What did you think of the romance uh, between Arthur and Linus and what did you
1: think of the love story between Linus and the kids? So not gonna lie, I'm not as into like male, male romance in books as I am every other kind of romance. (laughs) Um, I'm just not, like, if I'm going to get, like, queer romance, I will 100% always pick, like, lesbian romance or bi romance or, like, trans romance or just... I just don't want, like, penis on penis It's just not for me. But this book didn't have that, so it wasn't really as much of an issue. Um, I did like how... I did like how Arthur seemed to like be into him from the start, but was like very chill about it. And then we had Linus who's like, oh, ho, 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 I'm here to do my job, leave me alone. We can't talk or joke, cause that's inappropriate to them being like, oh, he looks good in those shorts, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I-, I thought that was like a very cute progression. Um, and I liked that both characters already knew they were gay. Um, just because then that wasn't even like an issue. It wasn't a, oh my God, I'm attracted to a man. It was just like, wait, I'm here to do a job. Like I'm not here for romance. So I liked it. I liked that it was slow, that it was sweet, that like Arthur seemed to have kind of the upper hand. Um what I, I in general I liked all of it the only thing I didn't like wasn't even between the two main characters I was just really annoyed at the fact that they made Arthur have like a romance with the other social worker yeah. because then because then I was like okay dude but so you've fallen in love with like both people who have come here to like check out the orphanage I feel like <laughs> you got a type that's you <laughs> just yeah like lazy <laughs> I don't know I don't like that part uh but other than that i like the romance Mm -hmm. and i love the idea that like they found each other sexy in their little hiking adventure gear i love it i I love that that was the thing you know it wasn't like oh i'm shirtless and like the rain is pouring down my chest it was like oh my white legs are showing you know (laughs) under my shorts that are like this brown color and i'm wearing like i don't know i thought it was really cute Um, And then with the kids, that was my favorite part, like the love story um, with the kids, because it was very, I just thought it was very realistic. Like someone who shows up there is going to be like, holy shit, these kids are trying to kill me. Even someone who's had training, right? Like he he is, we're led to believe that he is better than most and that he is kind and open-minded and genuinely has the best interest of all these kids at heart and even he is like well shit like i also have preconceived notions and then to go from that to actually learning their personalities and then realizing he's caring for them and then being you know miserable without them i thought was very very realistic um and so for me that was like the most powerful like the arthur romance was a bonus but like even if that hadn't been there i would have still loved the book just because of the him like just loving on all these kids and realizing, like, oh shit society's fucking you over and I've been blind to it this whole time until now because I've never spent a month you know what I mean he's usually there for like a day and that's it this has been the first time he's ever been for like a prolonged period of time with any of these kids so mm-hmm. yeah and I loved his relationship with um Lucy especially because Lucy's definitely like trying to freak him out in the beginning and it works. He's so freaked out every single time. I was like, "Stop, he's messing with you." But he can't <laughs> he can't tell cuz he was that kind of person. And so I loved seeing it go from that to like Lucy being like, "I'm going to damn your soul to hell." And him being like, "I mean, he's probably joking, I think." Yeah, he's joking. We're fine. <laughs> you know it's just it was very cute i loved that transition until eventually he was like you're not gonna kill anyone because you're this is not what you're you're a child with trauma these are all like kids with trauma who can like get over it with love and therapy and like proper social assistance and two dads yes
0: what about you, Tash? How'd you feel about the Linus-Arthur romance and the Linus kids' love story?
2: So I think as Linus and Arthur start kind of having their little back and forths, like at first, like I said, at first I didn't really get it because to me, Linus, I was like, yeah, this guy seems kind of dull. Like I don't, I don't know what his personality is. And Arthur is so immediately a character mm-hmm. that- I kind of had to take it with a grain of salt and be like, well, I guess Arthur knows something that I don't because he this probably, is. yeah, like he he probably like knows how to read people a lot more than I do because I definitely would have just been like, oh, Linus is a square. Um, but then as I, as like the story keeps progressing, I just pictured those TV and movie couples like, um, like Mitch and Cam and Modern Family, where Mm -hmm. you have like one kind of straight edge, more buttoned up guy. And then you have someone who's just like, super uh, like feeling and just a bigger character. It's like dramatic. And and Arthur's not even just like this big, dramatic, like cartoony person. He's just like, interesting, you know? He he doesn't dress. Yeah, like, he doesn't dress outlandishly. He just wears kind of, like, cute clothes. He's a hipster. He's kind of like this, like, random hipster
1: dude. 100%.
2: Taking care of these kids. And, And once I started, like, picturing these odd couples that end up bringing out the best in each other situations, then it made a lot more sense to me. And it was one of those, like, oh, you know, maybe loosen a couple of buttons and, like... You'll have a better time while we're here. Don't be so stiff, like you're trying to pretend like you're not being affected by these kids. But I can see you smiling, like I can see you being swayed by the situation. And yeah, the fact that Arthur, right off the bat, was like, "Oh hey," and Linus is like, oh, "I'm misreading this," and then it keeps going. It's like, "Am I misreading this?" And it keeps going. He's like, "I don't think I'm misreading this." <laughs> just like with the cat like i don't like what am i supposed to do here like i have a job to do but he's really good looking and I, i'm not 100 percent sure what to do because also you have the fact that linus is like this person who has never had love like they've never been in a relationship he's someone who's like accepted that some people in life don't find a relationship and he's like I'm one of those people I'm just not someone who's going to find love and it's really Mm -hmm. sad to hear that and sad to see him be like there are some truths that you have to accept in order to be able to continue and move forward in life and not be crushed by this depressing truth so then to see him kind Mm -hmm. of come in contact with someone who is so loving and is so outwardly loving and outwardly affectionate and very much like you are someone who is deserving of love you just you just you were in the wrong place like you you weren't letting yourself be loved you know if you let yourself be loved then then like I can love you because I'd love to love you like that's (laughs) I <laughs> listen to talk about the book. <laughs> but I just, I, I thought it was really, I thought it was really. Um, I also love, I really like that it's an adult love story. Like mm-hmm. they're not playing games. They're not, it's not a will they, won't they? It's like a, a two adults falling into this space of love with each other while also, trying to save these kids and and take care of these kids and protect them from a world that is just so hateful. And I love the, I keep saying the word love, Jesus Christ. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the story of the relationships being developed with the kids because all the kids are reacting to this person in such different ways. And there's like the defensiveness, there's the antagonistic reaction, There's the just total fear. Um, And, you know, like when you grow up, you see spider and they're like, oh, spider's more afraid of you than you are of it. And that's literally what's happening with all these kids. All these kids are just like terrified because they've been through terrible things. But because of what they happen to be or what powers they happen to have, no one ever sees them as kids. They see them as this thing that they can do. And so it's just so sad to think about all the stuff the kids went through and the fact that at the end of the day, they are just like these little kids who are just scared that this guy is going to show up and be like, nope, you don't get to do this anymore because where do you go from there? And I think Sal, Sal's the name of the the boy who turns into a dog, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, his whole thing made me so sad because you just know It was one of those things where there was a lot of like adultification happening and he was this little boy who was being seen as this big monster by other people and was just repeatedly hurt because of this perception that he had no control over and eventually he just shuts down to the point where he like can't even be around new people without like shifting and to see that exterior kind of breaking down and opening up and him being able to speak to linus and and like the keyboard like the typewriter and like moving it to the actual room and like that whole thing i was like feeling a lot (laughs) but it's it's sad because you know that kind of thing happens all the time and you know life so yeah it was really sweet there was, there was just enough like sadness to make this feel real despite all of the fantastical elements that it had. And I think there was just a really nice balance in every relationship. I also love that the mayor was this like lady, <laughs> the mayor of the town. And then once she like meets the kids, she's like, oh, wait. You guys are nice. Oh, man, I fucked up. My bad,
1: guys. Like, mm, whoops. But then she actually, like, I feel, but then she actually, like, does actionable change, which yes. I, you know what I mean? She's not like, oh, man, I fucked up. I don't know what I'll do about it. No, she's like, right off the bat, that very day, she's like, okay, people were making changes here. Goodbye, because nobody's going to beat me in an election. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. No, I, I loved that because then she, of her own volition Mm -hmm. starts visiting the island starts befriending the kids starts making plans to fix things and is very much vocal
1: romance
2: yeah oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a two-hitter this book is a two-hitter i i forgot briefly thank you for reminding me that's another thing too and it didn't make a big deal out of that either yeah It, it was just like Oh, and also a little little tidbit over here. I was like, ah, I love it. <laughs> but that's my long-winded uh, answer. you for it. Um,
0: agree, all across the board. Same sentiments as I had. Um, I mean, I was living for it. And you know how much I love, ultimately, when it's the reveal, like what Arthur yeah. is, you know I love me my monster boyfriend. I'm like, El Hale, <laughs> Hell yeah. You know what I mean? So it was just like a, a cherry on top of the super clear, cute romance, romance cake for me. Um, and as for the kids, I, I agree as well. It was just, it was just wonderful. It's true. Like what, what Tishai was saying about, you know, they they were more afraid of him because he was coming in kind of like to disrupt their reality and almost to like, to, there's the possibility that it would just never go back to how it was. And it didn't put like a in a the- good way cuz he came back and and joined the family um, definitely super found family right like they literally are a family amongst themselves and then Linus is able to join up with them um, i had a i had
1: a uh, i don't i don't know if he has plans to write a sequel yeah it's part of but, a trilogy okay good cuz i i really want to see where um, where this like social change plot arc goes You know, like, because they leave it off with like, we're sending off all these letters and we're like speaking the truth about what's happening in the Mm -hmm. orphanages and like it ends there. And I really want to see like the books bring about the change that we can't do in our real world, but would be lovely to see happen in this fictional world. Yeah, I guess I wanted to talk
0: about a little bit about Linus's role in the system and and how he is committed to doing good but isn't aware that he is working in a, like a system that isn't necessarily so,
1: good. Can I, can I go, can I go first? I want that? you to go
0: first because I, I, you know, and I, I can edit this out, I guess, but like this year, right. The whole time that we've been here, like has been my first firsthand or proxy experience with like a foster care system and anything that has to do with like social work and things like that. And, and, um,
1: yeah, and that that is what it so, so this is like a weird book because the system is definitely modeled on like social services, but then you've got this weird like magic aspect, which then is more like um like who gets to be a citizen and have like papers. And so it's like mixing two things. Mm-hmm. But in terms of yeah, of the department, um I think it, it I I believe that he would believe in the system that he's doing because most social workers and most people who work For social services and in foster care, do it because they want to help kids, because they don't want to see kids get hurt. Um, But the reality is (laughs) that, you know, a lot of um, there's a lot of systematic racism in the foster care system, and there's a lot of unequal access to services and so um, a lot of social workers you know think they're doing like a great job but then like certain communities are affected more than others just because of the way it works um and so this is like a good example of that where like they've put all of these children in these like orphanages supposed orphanages but nobody's getting adopted so Mm -hmm. I don't i don't you know but that's how it is right like most foster children who are in group homes don't get adopted they stay ra- there until they age out yeah. and i think he raises that point in that last meeting that he mm-hmm. has yeah then he realized it but then but most people in that system aren't thinking about that they're just thinking like oh i'm gonna put you somewhere where you can be safe and you can do this and that and then they don't think like well is it really better for this kid to spend their whole childhood in a group situation without a family and without you know obviously the the home in this book like the main one is different because arthur does act like this parental figure and is very committed to them and none of them are getting moved around but we get the impression that linus has closed down a bunch of orphanages and some of them were like terrible and people and kids were getting abused and or kids were getting punished for things that they couldn't control, like oh, I had a an outburst of magic and accidentally hurt someone. Okay, then I'm gonna get sent away. And you know, so there's probably kids bouncing around like all these different homes. So yeah, it's like really sad. I don't think it's one of those things where obviously like you want good people to be social workers because the alternative would be that it, everything would be even worse. But at the same time. Yeah, I don't I don't see the system getting better just because you have good social workers, you would need to do kind of like nationwide changes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think this was a good like he he seemed to be the only one who cared in his office. Anyways, everybody else seemed to be like, this is just a job kind of thing. And I've worked with a lot of social workers during my time in fostering. And even just in this like small area, I've worked with three or four social workers i've only had one that's been good (laughs) now in my case it's like whatever i know i'm doing a good job but like you know how much shit i could be doing and like nobody would know because i don't have social workers who like care enough about their job to be like following up or talking to the kids or actually making like visits and stuff and so um I believe that Linus had good intentions, but I don't think that everybody in his department had good intentions. So it was probably a very shitty department.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's
1: just hard. It's just, yeah. Or I- even,
0: if they, even if they mean well, like the classic overworked, too many cases, mm-hmm. not enough time to, you know, so it's like, what, what can one person do? But...
1: And it, and it's like one of those things It's like, okay, I took this kid out and this book say we're led to believe that just parents don't want these kids, mm-hmm. right? Because they have magic. And so that's why they're there. Um, you know, but, but in reality, in in our society, most of the time, the parents do want the kids, but they're removed because of, well, negligence is the biggest. It's not even like a, like people like to think it's like, Oh, these kids are getting abused. So they got put into foster care. But a lot of the times it's like, oh the parents lost their housing and they're in a shelter now or you know they lost their jobs and they can't afford their kids medications or they can't afford like there's like so much of it that's like money and the government provides money to foster parents to buy shit for the kids but they don't provide any money to the parents So you know i mean if they took that money they gave to foster parents and gave it to like a bio parent to like help them find housing or help them like get on their feet and get a new job there would be way less kids in foster care and they would spend less money overall because you would just pay out one chunk you know mm-hmm. as opposed to like I don't know I have a lot of fo- thoughts about foster care <laughs> I mean, know I do that. yeah, that's why that's why I wanted yeah. you to kind of go first
0: and I knew this book might like touch on so- certain like personal yeah. topics so it was
1: magic enough that I, I didn't I didn't feel, you know, so, so for people who don't know me, this has been an especially very tough year with foster care. And it's definitely triggered some very depressive periods <laughs> that I am in and out of. Um, but this book was like fantasy enough that it was like the twinge of it was there, but it didn't really um, take away from me enjoying the book just because i was like oh of course it's because they're magical <laughs> it's totally different
0: <laughs> that's the kicker well
1: tosh do you do want to hop on
0: that and uh, did you have any thoughts on linus and his part in the system and his meaning well but ultimately you know his his um i like this rebellion at the end
1: though like that's yeah. I'm, saying. I'm here for this like I'm envisioning like a Hunger Games type thing, you know, where he just like <laughs> <Yeah>. he goes, <laughs> poor square little Linus goes on to like overthrow the, <laughs> the entire system.
0: Oh, really awesome. If you, I, if, you, if you think that, it's cool. If you,
2: I think, I think Andrea gave a really good kind of analysis of how foster care and social work are represented in in this like system that exists in the book, and I think realistically, even, even if it had been a similar scenario with any other government or public funded system, it would have been a similar situation where these systems are put into place by people who have money and who have power and who try to have these systems run in a way that they have to be the least involved in managing and get the most done for the least amount of cost. And the problem is that when you have these systems that are so big and are and are publicly funded, there are always going to be things and there're always going to be people that slip through the cracks and it's like telling a story about a police officer that realizes, you know, they started out being a law, in law enforcement for the best of reasons and then having the realization that the the space that they're working in is a corrupt space. It's teachers wanting to go into teaching to help children and realizing
1: the school system is. Yeah. Than
2: their <laughs> children. <Sorry laughs> enough,
1: why do I keep getting involved with all of these systems? Literally, my life is tied to, it's like- all, of tied to <laughs> all of our lives are
0: tied to all of our lives are tied to these arcade uh, systems that all need reform.
1: Yeah. They all. need I Dang, think, I just to sell enough books that I can quit all the systems, live in my cabin in the woods. <laughs> I, know. I think you, you try
2: to find spaces where you can help people. Unfortunately, the spaces that are built to help people are the most flawed. It's these Fortune 500 companies that are making billions of dollars right now are not made to help people aim they're built to make money and they're successful systems that are built to supposedly help people are not going to be successful because helping people means taking power and taking funds and taking financing away from the people at the top and that's not what anyone wants Mm -hmm. so they build these things so they stay broken it's it's all it's all purposeful you build a system of poverty to keep people in poverty. You build a system of broken education to keep people uneducated because as long as people are poor and uneducated, they cannot take you down. They can, they don't think they can take you down, but they can. Mm-hmm. Like if any of these kids on the Island, if any of these had been like, let's go fuck up the town. I'm, t- I'm bored. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm angry. I'm going to use my talent and my powers and we're going to go fuck these people up. The towns the townsfolk would not have lasted a day.
1: <laughs>
2: so what they do is build a space and build a system where the kids are from a young age taught to be afraid of themselves and afraid of the people around them. Because fear is the only way to control them. So like y'all got to tear it all down. Linus has to like rip the system down from the roots expose all this terrible shit that's been happening because it's also about the secrecy of it. As long as it's not public knowledge that these terrible things are happening, you're not going to get the masses on your side because people do try. I like to think that underneath all of the ignorance and the hatred is is people who would like to be good but were not given the means or the education or the information that would allow them to be good. Like the mayor. Yeah. Mayor did not realize a lot of things until she came face to face with who these kids are and understood what their circumstances are. And then it was like, oh, not only have I not been helping these kids, I've been part of this structure that has made life, really hard for them how can i stop that and how can i start fixing it yeah that's why
0: i wanted to know what you how you guys felt about linus's kind of like role in the system because at some points i when he was kind of like defending what he was doing or giving his rationale or or explaining to the kids or even to arthur this is why i am here and there's nothing to fear and there were times when i would just be like i mean no one actually said this to him like he came to the realization by himself i mean and i think that the the sprite also kind of like laid it out pretty pretty bluntly for him i loved her um where he's like well this is what i need to do in order to keep her and it's like dude you're the bad guy no matter what you say you're the bad guy here and because you're working for the bigger bad guys you're like the bigger bad guys lackey you are upholding the system like you no, know, it doesn't matter how good you feel about it and i think that's why it was necessary for him to break away from that because if he had stayed in dicomy di- 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 i don't know how, how i pronounce the whole like acronym but um but if he had stayed in it he wouldn't have been any better than when he, how he had started the book you know he definitely and I, I like that at least it was one of those things where i was like Mleh. You know, okay, it's like way too much, but I was happy that we got to see the mayor actionable changing. I like that you know that they were gonna take it all public that you know that I don't know if upper management showed any type of changes, but you know, I felt like okay well, changes, they all
1: they all quit or got fired or something right i I just felt like um i think
2: I think that was one of those uh elected sacrifices to make it seem yeah like. Changes started happening where it's like okay, whoever their bosses were mm-hmm. saw what was going on and was like, okay, we're gonna sacrifice this office to like a piece,
0: right. A piece but of I, 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 I like that, it was like um, that. There was a tangible thing that happened, and that that there will be more books, and hope the ball will keep rolling. It it's kind of like one of those things where books like this can really spark someone in real life to begin that change you know what i mean like i think that like that's kind of like the big power of literature and creative stories and things Maybe. like that i mean i'm not I, saying that this book will do it i'm just saying that this is part I, of like a canon yeah of but i, but I just do. i
1: feel like i want to believe that but i also feel like this kind of book is unlikely to be picked up by anyone whose mind needs to be changed. You know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like I read all these amazing books that I'm like, wow, oh my God. But then like the people who read them are the people who don't need any convincing. Like they're already on team, mm-hmm. let's change the system. Mm-hmm. Burn it all down. <laughs> now, now I do think if this gets made into like a movie or a TV show, then I, I do think that like visual media can have more of an impact just because more people are more inclined to like. Yeah.
2: We just okay. have to start doing TikToks with the book. <laughs> <laughs> like tell the story in TikToks and it'll, it'll, it'll blow up. <laughs>
0: um. So let's see, I did have, I read this one because I started kind of like looking at articles. Uh, there is an article by Tor.com, it's called Finding Family and Breaking the Rules in the House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. And I thought this was interesting and I didn't necessarily agree or I didn't find it fair. I don't know. And I just kind of want to know what you guys think. Um, so the author of this is M. Nordling, uh, and I don't know anything about them. But I just kind of wanted to bring this up because I, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it. So it says, I think it's worth noting too that the magical children are not presented as allegories for racial or sexual minorities, though of course there are parallels. If you've ever had, if you've ever had to have a difficult conversation with a young person about how the world perceives them this book will resonate. If you've ever been a young person looking for somewhere to belong, this book will resonate. But Kloon isn't treating these bizarre and mythical beings as stand-ins. Chauncey is definitely just a precious tentacled goo, and Sal is black and a shapeshifter, both." And I felt like, I disagree. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying that the the kids in the book are stand-ins for, that they aren't stand-ins, but I also felt like, I don't think it's fair to remove the characters from this book from like the literal system that it's referring to and like the kinds of children that end up in foster care or in groups or group homes or whatever like
1: so I I don't know I don't agree with that because I saw the magic as 100% like disabilities period because because that's Nobody like the the least adoptable children are the ones with disabilities no one no one wants to adopt them. They're seen as like not maybe not dangerous, although in some cases, yes, they are seen as dangerous if they're prone to like anger or something like that, but they're definitely seen as more difficult and so I definitely saw that okay, we made it magic because it's fantasy, but in like real world, it'd be disabilities mm-hmm. and then I do think you have to make it about some sort of ethnicity or race because they. Literally aren't citizens. They say if you're going to be a magical creature, you need to have papers, and then you can only be a lawyer for other magical people. You can only be a teacher for other magical people. The government knows where you are at all times. Like they're tracking you, they can boot you out or move you wherever. And if you're undocumented, forget it. Like you're going to get into a shit ton of trouble. And people are encouraged to report people who are undocumented or look suspicious. So, like, I think if that hadn't been a part of it then sure maybe you could like ignore that but mm-hmm. I think that's too close to like what happens in the world now mm-hmm. to just say that like this is not a stand in for any real life situation. Yeah,
0: I think that I I uh, I was like, "Ooh, I violently disagree with this paragraph." Um exactly for the same reasons. It's there are no parallels. These are like side by side things that happen in real life and I also took their being, them being magical as having disabilities, being minorities, period. Just like literally being minorities. I thought it was interesting that Sal is the only black character in the the orphanage. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, everyone else codes pretty much white to me, except for Sal, who is described as having brown skin. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not saying that all orphanages across the board are the same, but there is like a disproportionate amount of, a type of child or a type of like person that ends up in that kind of situation and and i don't think that it's fair to people in foster care or or people in in whatever or, or even fair to, to to it's not fair to excuse this white ass author also from like potentially you know what i mean like he's he's a cis white man you know writing about this like marginalized community and yes he is queer whatever but ultimately he writes codes perfectly normal and to everybody else so i just found it was unnecessary to say that there were that they don't stand in for anybody there's just parallels i'm like okay bitch like you don't live in the real world then because this
1: also you know what i thought was like (laughs) like how like talia or talia i don't know how you say it like literally the only reason she was there was because she was female but had male features literally that's the only because all the other gnomes were in like regular orphanages not in like most dangerous in the world orphanages but because she was like the only female gnome to have ever existed people were like losing their shit Mm-hmm. So, like, you can't tell me that that's, like, a coincidence or an accident when, like, trans people go through, like, so much shit, no, you know? It's what I mean? just like, a parallel. <laughs> there's no, there's no, nobody is standing in for anybody here. Shut
0: up. Shut up. It's, like, I think that it excuses the author. It, like, puts him on too high of a pedestal. It's, like, no, they definitely were speaking about ideals, not realities. And I'm, like, no, this is reality. This is 100% reality. This is one case where, where this book is You know switch one thing for the other and it's not like this isn't it's just it is how it is
2: a everybody always wants to have something to say so someone's always gonna try to have an opinion um and b i think that kind of a perspective softens whatever purpose telling a story like this serves because oh, they're just magical means that this is a story about all children who might feel a little outside of the norm. But this isn't a story about all children who might feel a little bit outside of the norm. This is a story about children who are from disenfranchised groups.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. It's like, I wouldn't say it's necessarily akin to whitewashing stories, but to say that it is not, representative of these groups of people takes away another story from these groups of people. Mm -hmm. And that's not helpful and it's not useful. It's, it's.
1: Also, I didn't see this as you said in the article, they said like, oh, this would be a good story for adults who need to have these conversations with children to reflect on. I saw it more as like, this is a story aimed at the townspeople. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like you, it, for you to go, oh shit, I'm the townsperson. Oh no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm the racist. <laughs> Exacto, like how can I stop being the townsperson and become the mayor? Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what you should be reflecting on
2: (laughs) i mean it even happens in the book with the record store where talia's looking out the window or at the ice cream parlor she's looking out the window Mm -hmm. and the little girl outside is like oh hi and she's like oh hey what's up and the mom's the one who loses her ever loving
1: mind because she's a bigot Mm All right. total, it was literally a gnome. cualquiera It was like the jellyfish boy, you know, <laughs> like waving I his. Know. <laughs> uh,
0: I thought I mean, I know that it was kind of like played for gags a lot, but I thought that they bring up Linus's weight so much throughout the book. They mention how like big and how round he is. And um, I know that the author is like speaking through the kids to kind of like, because that's how kids like kids will literally just like say your fucking business to you right to your face and they do not care but I was like okay can we like <laughs> can we not because after a while it felt a little it didn't feel mean but I felt like okay I got it like I got the first like fat joke um can we just like not do it anymore um i like that I like that he wasn't like a total babe you know I like that he wasn't like a conventionally attractive man and then Arthur still found him like really attractive. But I felt like there was like a weird focus on how round and how big and how fat he was. And I was like, well, he's, then he's just a normal looking guy. And why is this being brought up so much? And I don't know if you guys felt the type of way about it. Like I I did. And again, like minor quibble. It didn't take anything away from the story. I was just like, okay, enough. You know,
1: I thought I thought it was just because he made such a big. Like the impression I got was that this was something that he thought about a lot like when he looked in the mirror he was like well i'm not sexy nobody's gonna want to make out with me because i don't look a certain way and so i and i saw it more as like he came to the island with this idea of himself mm-hmm. and then like talia was like i'm round too who the fuck cares mm-hmm. and then slowly he like kind of started to see it as a more normal thing and not so yeah i, I didn't see it as mean i saw it more as like so you're round you don't have to, like it's not a big deal it's not a bad thing and like by the kids being so blunt about it he started to realize like oh yeah him. like this is you're right i am round and it's not a big deal i don't have to like that's how i read it but obviously i don't um i've never been fat or been perceived as fat so obviously i don't know you know it wasn't triggering in any way for me and i didn't think it was like mean because I saw it that way, but someone else might read it a different way. So what do you think, Tash?
2: Um, I hadn't given it necessarily a lot of thought, but if I were to try to think of like the why of it, it would be because if you start looking at um, normal, quote unquote, people versus other, quote unquote, people are... Uh, Linus is not a normal person, quote unquote. He is an overweight person. And people who fall in a category that is seen as overweight are othered by normal people. So even in his own office that is trying to serve this larger purpose with these, you know, uh, uh, regulated, very regimented rule by the book structured like anything that is an other needs to be filed away and figured out, he stands out. So when you look at his physical physicality next to these kids who are othered by their magic, he fits in more with Mm -hmm. them than he does with the people he works with. And he does with the people he works under because the people he works with and work under other him constantly, they don't like him. He serves a purpose and he does his job, but they don't like him. They don't want him there. They talk shit to him constantly. They and the desk, out.
1: like you mentioned that, like the desks are all so close, So he's always banging into other people's desks. We yeah.
2: people
1: get mad at him, but like- Exactly. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> like, because, yeah. Make your aisles more accessible. <laughs> but,
2: but why would they do that
1: if their mm-hmm.
2: ultimate goal is to white, whitewash and black and white everything? So I think having it be vocalized so much by the kids who notice it and see it, but don't use it as something to other him about and push him away and like shove him to the side. And instead it's like, hey, this is a thing. Like, haha, I have this thing. Ha ha, you're so fat, but I'm fat too. Like Mm -hmm. having kids say it without a filter and having them, because they're two kids of that age group why would they lie about his size? Like, why would they pretend that he's not a big guy? Same way they're not gonna pretend that Chauncey's like a little jelly boy and that Talia doesn't have a beard. Like there, there should be no reason to pretend this isn't real because there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I think he sees it as I'm being mocked when he first gets there because that's so, that's what he's used to getting is like, my size is being used as a tool to make me feel like shit versus, oh, my size is just a reality here. But it's not something that is to to be hated. So I think it was like, hey Arthur, not hey Arthur. Hey Linus. The people who you're working so hard to serve don't like you because you are also not what they consider standard. Like, step outside of your of your office space and like maybe that'll help you kind of recognize that these people are in your same shoes. They're just being judged for something else.
0: Okay. So now the real, the real question, who do you think is the top in the relationship? Arthur or Linus? (laughs) I'm kidding. My real question is which one of the kids was your favorite and
1: why? Okay um so i i have a tie and i have a tie there's a lot of kids i feel like picking two is not that big of a deal i think the most adorable is chauncey hands down i was in love with him i think he is the cutest and i just adored him um but talia made me laugh the most and i thought she was just so funny with all her like gardening and also like baddie kind of vibe, like, hell yeah, who are we gonna kill? Where are we gonna bury them? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I love her. And that scene at the end of the book, uh just like destroyed me when he like comes back and she's the first one he meets. Um so those are my two favorites, just for like different reasons. To mm-hmm. shy. I would probably
2: want to adopt Sal. I thought Sal was really sweet. He's just like this quiet dude who's been hurt and like he turns into a dog, and that's super cute. I'd be <laughs> like, all right, let's go, like, on this trip. But they charge extra for kids, so, like, vente, ponte perrito, pongo mi cartera. And then we go on adventures <laughs> together I'd be like, hey, come on, let's go. <laughs> It'd be so cute. No matter how old he gets, he'd just be able to turn into a dog. I'd be like, I don't care if you're 30 and married now. Come here, men. And I would, oh, have little scratches. <laughs> and then, what if he has kids and his kids turn into puppies? It'd be so cute. <laughs> oh
0: my god!
2: I'd be so happy. I'd be like, my grandkids are puppies. <laughs> 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 my dream yeah. come true. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I'd be like, when did they. <laughs> <laughs> Oh you're right because then he can he, he can, can give you the power. Yeah. A, I'd be like,
0: yay! <laughs> you can, you can change it to a little long-haired chihuahua or something."
1: I see, a corgi. I'd be like <laughs> It'd be like <laughs> they, the kids would be at school writing about like, "What did you do this weekend?" and Sal would be like, "I played tug of war with my mom <laughs> as dogs." <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: and then if we can if like as a dog you can speak to other dogs because i feel like you can then we'd become like dog therapists it'd be this whole thing like we'd be able to create like a little uh shelter situation trying
1: to like book to shy can you please write it (laughs)
0: fiction i'm fishing down that is still up oh my
1: god wait
2: instead of better call saul better howl sal
0: (laughs) Oh, let's see i don't know honestly i would probably adopt like of all the kids ah okay i think i have two favorite too Ah! okay okay Um, i know i would well i mean okay wow (laughs) i'm gonna leave this in there so people know the real you um okay so definitely my my first pick would be I forgot his name, the Wyvern, the dragon. Because I want like something like a- Trevor. 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 I definitely want to have a dragon in my life. And I would adopt and give him all the buttons he ever wanted and take care of him. And if he got big enough, write him. <laughs> <laughs> if he allowed, if he consented. Um, but if um yeah, I would also probably adopt Lucy because I feel like we'd have the same kind of like sense of humor and we could listen to records and I, I feel think-
1: like you would be an influence on Lucy hold on you' be like this person talks smack about me I want to send famine to their village and you'd be like let's do it let's go and you would just like encourage all these pranks no! yeah
2: Yes, you so. would. I'm interrupting. I'm interrupting your pick. I just realized I would probably also have to adopt Lucy because Ivan was like hella goth in high school, and he's very into records. And the so, records
0: and the records stuff. Yeah. So I guess you
2: I'm taking
1: out. Lucy. Like Arthur, who's like, you need to be good I and curb those edges. No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, I that woman up. I hate her. <laughs> I would if I'm going to the if I'm going to
0: the orphanage. I am i have changed i'm ready for children (laughs) that's what i'm saying i'd be different be different and i would find this like little demon to be just like look at my cat i'm totally prepared for a demon child i thought you were gonna pick the plant girl too the other one the plant sprite
1: honestly she's the she's the kid that i felt like i got to know the least yeah she was she was closer to the Ocean's yeah first. yeah not in like a bad way I, like i didn't think oh man he should have developed her more like it made sense to me because her personality she she was just like more removed from mm-hmm. the house and and just more off doing her like listening to the roots and stuff um so yeah i mean like i said i'm not i'm not picking who i would adopt i'm just saying like who like were my favorites mm-hmm Well,
0: that's it for our last hangout of 2020. I hope that you enjoyed our talk on the house in the Cerulean Sea, queer romance, kids, foster care, orphanages, et cetera, et cetera, difficult social issues. Uh, And so, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, you can always leave us a tip at our coffee link uh, and check out the rest of those links in January. 2021, things are like changing. Our rotation has changed, so Andrea picks first, which means that um we are going to read.
1: <laughs> we're going back <laughs> to the horseman
0: Repeat author loud, loud, Laura? Laura, Laura, Laura. My Spanish wants to come out. Laura Velasa, and we're gonna go back. Not the for this first, not for the second, but for the third time. To the Four Horsemen book, and we're gonna- know,
1: and I and I think I should point out this is the only I think I think this is the only self-published author we have read oh, yeah. as as OLL. I think everyone else has been traditionally published.
0: Um, we're going to be reading Famine, uh, the four, from the Four Horsemen. This Basically, is Four Horsemen number three. If you're three. not
1: familiar with the series, in each book, one of the hor- the Four Horsemen comes because uh, they get sent in one at a time. Um, inevitably captures a woman and ends up falling in love with her while also simultaneously hating her because the women are always trying to stop the horsemen and like trying to kill them, but are also like, oh, I wanna have sex with you so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how it was in the first two books. I expect more of the same for the third, (laughs) but we're in too deep now. We We gotta see it through. Yeah, well,
0: I want to say that maybe Drea isn't too deep, but we will see it through with you. I mean, for better or for worse.
1: It's kind of like a joke, but it's like you're that serious. Kind you're, you're, of just serious. That,
0: you're serious. I mean, it's you just... love it. You love it. Okay, well, we shall see you next year. And um, thanks for hanging out and sticking along with us. And yeah, take care.
2: Put your masks on.